Welcome to Analog Jones in the Temple of Film. I'm Steve. And I'm Matt. We got a mini episode today, and we're doing our top 10 and a little bit of our bottom. Yeah, so we're going to talk about 2017 as a year for film. Uh, we're going to talk about some things that just missed our top 10. We're going to talk about our top 10. And then I know you guys can't wait to hear about the worst stuff we drudged through this year. <laughs> it's going to be fun to talk about. Let's play the theme and come back with what just missed our top 10. Time to fire up the VCR. This one's my favorite. Time to get into our just missed of the top 10. We're going to go through it real quick. I, I think you guys should know this, but I'll say it anyway. These are going to be our favorites of the year. Yes. Uh, we're not trying to make an argument that these were the best movies of the year. We're just trying to say that these are the ones that we really loved. I'm going to say just off the bat, well, compared to 2016, 2017 was a great year for movies, I thought. It was incredible. Because 2016, I had trouble making a top 10. This, I just had a bevy of movies to pick from. Yeah, I had trouble in a different way. I was like, how am I going to smash, like, 18 movies into a top 10? Right, right, yeah. I ended up making, for myself, like, a top 25. There were legitimately, like, 25 movies I loved this year, which is awesome. I had, like, eight last year. <laughs> yeah, and this year was also one where I just couldn't keep up. I wanted to see yeah. so many, and there's I so couldn't many. reach out to I couldn't find them. I didn't have time. Yeah, whatever. there's so many I missed. I mean, there's movies that I missed that are just on Netflix, and it's just like I can't keep up with yeah. how much they're giving us all these good things. But I'm, I'm glad I saw I saw almost 200 movies this year. Well, I did see. I saw 200. That, that's where I, my number I hit. I capped it at. That's incredible. <laughs> I never got to see Blade Runner 2049, Detroit, The Shape of Water, I, Tanya. The Post, Lady Bird, The Big Sick, T2, Train Spotting, Atomic Blonde, John Wick 2, Mudbound, Battle of the Sexes, Raw, Hostiles, and Last Flag Flying. I wanted to see them, and a lot of them just came out not too long ago. Mm. Just don't have time. Yeah, I saw a few of those, but I'm missing a few of those as well. I didn't make a list of the ones I missed, necessarily, but if somebody's mad at me and wants to say, hey, why wasn't this on your list? Uh, let me know, and maybe I missed it. <laughs> yeah, there was a lot. Let's get into it. Just missed. I'll go with my first one, The Last Jedi. Just missed my top ten. All right. I love how crazy the opinion flies back and forth on it. We're not robots. We all got different opinions, so you might hate it. I really liked it. Whatever. We had It. Just missed mine. Okay. Mother! <laughs> Which is a surprise since I'm kind of the crazy Christian of the, you know, not a crazy Christian, but I like the crazy Christian stuff. See, uh, yeah, I, I actually, I despise the Christian <laughs> uh, stuff, and I, I loved Mother, but that one wasn't coming close to my top ten, but I really did like that movie this year. I just like the balls it had at the exactly. end. Exactly. Yeah. That's, that's what I liked about it. Guardians of the Galaxy 2 just missed. Lego Batman just, just missed. I had a hard time with that one because that movie is funny and fun. And we had Wonder Woman slash Spider-Man Homecoming. I, Wonder Woman's ending was bad, and it was pretty much the Wolverine of the comic book movies this year, where you're like, good, 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 good. Awful ending. I just missed 
Wonder Woman, Spider-Man, and Guardians as well. This year they were close to my top 10, but not quite there. But I think all great superhero movies and definitely a giant step in the right direction for the genre, but just just missing, just missing that little special mm-hmm. something. But close, you know. Spider-Man has the great Michael Keaton villain, which I think finally Marvel had a good villain. Uh, Wonder Woman is a great lead character, but had a bad villain. And Guardians of the Galaxy just, I think, suffered from a little bit too much of the same from the first one, which isn't necessarily a bad thing, which is why I love the movie, but it didn't crack my top 10 because it didn't do too much new. Yeah, Guardians of the Galaxy 2, I liked a lot. The enemy, to me, didn't do it. Yeah, it just, yeah, it's just something about it was missing to, like, hook me and make me fall in love. Uh, is that your... That's why I just missed, yeah. Here's a, here's a couple that I missed, which are different from yours. I Don't Feel at Home at, in This World Anymore, which is a Netflix uh, yeah. movie uh, that... I really loved. It was very weird. Cool movie. I hope a lot of people watch it. Just missed my top 10. Atomic Blonde just missed my top. I loved the soundtrack. I love the visuals. I love the action scenes. Just missing that little extra something. John Wick 2 just missed. Another mm-hmm. great action movie. Great visuals. Keanu is at the top of his game right now. He's totally found his niche. A pleasant sequel surprise that I didn't know I was going to like at all. Triple X. The yeah. Return of Xander Cage. One of the most fun theatrical experiences I've ever had. Not trying to make an argument that this movie is going to win any awards or it's great, but wow. I mean, they captured the fun of like seeing Fast Five for the first time, where it's just insanity just jammed in your face. And then another movie that you can catch on Netflix, Catfight, with Sandra Oh and Anne Heche. One of the darkest black comedies I've ever seen. One of my favorite movies of all time is Very Bad Things, and I would liken it to that. Hmm. Just a dark, miserable dark comedy, but it's so pitch black that you can't help but like laughing till you're just like red in the face. So, really like that one. Those are the ones that just missed my top ten. All right, well, let's move on to our top ten. Here we go, my number 10, The Lost City of Z. Missed that one. I didn't see that one. So I'm big into these adventure-type movies, especially kind of the epic ones. Mm -hmm. So maybe I'm a little biased to it. It's a little slow at parts, but I really like the adventure part of it. Kind of the old serial um, 1940s. So anytime you get me a 40s, 50s adventure-type movie... I'm going to soak it up. I love it. Nice. I'll have to check that one out. I did mean to catch it, but that's just one that got by me. What's your number 10? My number 10 is Star Wars, Last Jedi. I would have been so sad if it just didn't make my top 10. I almost just had to do it on principle. I, of course, love the movie. I didn't love it as much as some of the other Star Wars movies, but uh, all the haters can go away because I really enjoyed it, and it. I think it... it nicely fits as my 10 movie of the year. You can hear all about my opinion in our other podcast where we talk about it for 40 minutes. <laughs> <laughs> right after we got out of the theater really tired. Delirious, yes. And hot. Yes. <laughs> Number 9, I have Thor Ragnarok. I don't like the first two Thor movies. I don't I don't hate the first one. I think it's a strong film for an origin. I just don't really like Thor. Mm. That's the problem with it. And number two is completely forgettable, so maybe I shouldn't say I don't I don't hate 
Number two at all, I just don't remember it and I don't care about it. Mm. Number three, I think he finally found his character. Have fun with these movies for the love of God. DC, take some notes. Yeah, it. Uh, this is another one that just missed my top ten. Like, I've got so many that just missed it. This was a really, really fun movie. And I'm with you. I, I think I like the first Thor so as much as I could say that I like that movie, uh, so I like that one a little bit more than you, but I agree with you on the second one. I don't dislike the second one. I just don't remember it. Uh, so the third one, yeah, really fun. Good time. Yes. Funny, funny movie. Matt, you're number nine. My number nine is uh, Shape of Water. Oh, I didn't get to see this one. I loved this movie. Uh, I knew I would. Uh, Guillermo del Toro, you know, just has such a love for monsters that is infectious. And this movie is all about falling in love with one. Um, and the the real monster of the movie is Michael Shannon, and he delivers a top-notch, crazy performance in it. He does crazy well. Yes. Yes, he really does. Who does Doug Jones play in this the monster. Yeah. The, the fish I mean, man. what is the monster, I guess? Is it's it? it's pretty similar to Creature from the Black Lagoon. Okay. Type. It's very different, very very different from Doug Jones's Ape Sapien, which was another fish character yeah, in yeah, a in a yeah. Guillermo movie. Very different from that character, but very similar to Creature from the Black Lagoon. Misunderstood, just falls in love with a woman. Very touching and creepy and just has a 50s vibe about it as well so I, and i'm kind of a sucker for those like you so had to crack the top 10 for sure all right my number eight is a really small film that i'm surprised came out in august limited release i found it on youtube one day just going through independent films it's called patty cakes i missed this one and i actually i do have this one to watch uh it's sitting on my shelf but i just i didn't get a chance to actually watch it in 2017 so uh, Check out the trailer, everyone out there. It's about a girl who basically writes poetry. She's a bigger girl. She gets made fun of a lot. Her life's kind of going nowhere. Someone discovers her and says, like, wow, your poetry could easily be rhymes, hip-hop, rap, whatever you want to call it. She gets into that and finds herself. It's a coming-to-age coming, coming to age film, uh, a kind of rocky of music, nice. I guess you could say. I really, really enjoyed the characters, and I think the person who steals the show is the mother in it. She's fantastic, and man, this is a comedian, too. I can't remember her name, but her performance in it is awesome. Nice. I will. Uh, I want to check that one out. All right, you're number eight? My number eight, it, it's so funny, is another small indie that kind of got a quick release in February of 2017 called Get the Girl. It's from the director of Contracted, Eric England, uh, who is an up-and-coming genre filmmaker. And Get the Girl stars Noah Segan, who had a breakout performance in Dead Girl and was also in Starry Eyes and had a little cameo in Star Wars. (laughs) Um, And he is contracted by a rich, spoiled kid who's trying to get the attention of a girl to kidnap her so that this rich kid can come in and... I'm doing air quotes, rescue her, but everything goes wrong and blood and guts everywhere. It's such a fun and crazy movie. It's exactly the kind of movies that I like would have fell in love with as a kid in the 90s. And it was it was a breath of fresh air in sort of the, the barren wasteland that was February of uh, the beginning of the year. Oh, wow. I 
don't even recall that movie's name title at all. I don't it's know. it's great, and it's got a great painted poster too. So you'll if you look Ooh. the movie up, you'll you'll see the artwork for it. It's great. Always a sucker for that. Yeah, it's uh, it, it doesn't rely too much on like an '80s nostalgia, which a lot of these independent genre movies are doing. It does its own thing. It just felt like a '90s. Cinemax late night movie or something to me. Okay. But really recommend that one. Check it out. Number seven on my list is one I don't think this was a wide release. I caught it again on YouTube renting Brawl and Cell Block 99. And wow, this is full of nasty characters. It is violent. It earns its R. And Vince Vaughn is a quiet, menacing character in this. He, this is finally a movie where I watched him. I'm like, oh, yeah, wow, you're really good in this. I missed this one too. I really wanted to see it. This is right up my alley, but this one, unfortunately, just came out on video like recently, so I just didn't have time with all these other ones I was catching yeah. up on. But I did really want to see this, and I'm glad to hear that it's top ten worthy. I loved it. I thought Vince Vaughn did a fantastic job in it too. Nice. Your number seven is my number seven is. The Lego Batman. Ah. This one cracked my top ten. Uh, usually, I, I feel like I always get a either like a, a silly comedy or a animated movie in my top ten every year, and uh, this year being no exception. Lego Batman cracked me up. I was laughing to the point of tears. I think it's probably the funniest movie of the year, in my opinion. Uh, just like as a, just a straight up comedy. It reminded me of playing with my Batman toys as a kid. Yeah. On, a, on the big screen. You know, like, it was just, like, the nonsense and just every character you could pile in. It was so much fun, and I laughed from start to finish. Number six, I have War for the Planet of the Apes. Completely shocked me that it would be this good. It was a surprise one, a, like a boomerang. It just went right past me, and then I watched it a few weeks ago, and bop! This trilogy has all, like, it, it has no right to be as good as it is. Yeah, and Woody's awesome in it. Yes, yes. <laughs> he chews the scenery. Great in the bad guy. Best ways. My number six this year is uh, Three Billboards outside Ebbing, Missouri. Loved this movie. The writing, to the directing, to the performances. Sam Rockwell needs to win an Oscar this year. It was so good, and I couldn't stop thinking about it after it was over. I definitely recommend seeing it as soon as you can, just because it is just it's a gut punch but it's also funny and it's also memorable and yeah everything about it works everything about this movie works my number five oh now we're getting in the top five top five the disaster artist i loved it i really did and i kind of liked how a lot of people were so back and forth about it some people couldn't stand the franco's his performance was fantastic See, yeah, this one plays number 18 for me this year. So very close. Very close. Dave Franco, I'm 50-50 on, but uh, James Franco committed 100% to this role. It was just so fun to watch. I liked your text when we talked about this. I first saw it. You're like, this movie has no right to be this good. <laughs> <laughs> it's true. My number five this year is Get Out. Horror was on fire this year, and there was no better example of kicking in the door to the genre than Get Out coming out at the beginning of this year. It's the first horror movie for the Trump age, and yes. it is just a sucker punch from a great filmmaker. Yeah, I was shocked. I watched this probably two months ago on HBO when it came out. Woo! 
Good stuff. That is a well, well written script. Yes, that is just a well made movie. Great performances, spooky, creepy, but also like fun too. Yeah. See, that's the kind of film that will never get acknowledged on like an Oscar for best original script. But kudos to them, you know, making a movie that's original. Yeah, and I hope, I hope actually we eat those words and it is nominated this year. How crazy would that be? be it won't win. It won't win. But how crazy would it be if it snagged a nomination this year? It'd be great. Yeah. I love it. My that, number four. That's your number four. Is Get Out. So uh, we just, uh, yeah. <laughs> Moving on to your four. <laughs> My number four is Logan. I loved this movie talk about a perfect example of a great superhero movie the way they should be done r-rated this is the x-men and wolverine movie i've been waiting for because i haven't liked any of the x-men movies really except for first class a little bit but this one wow what's number three number three is dunkirk this is what pearl harbor should have been back in the day eliminate that stupid ass love story i'm not going to go much into the story this movie is just an experience. It completely brings you into the world and you are rocked. And it's real. This isn't one where people are talking about their their family life and what's why they're fighting for it. No, they're experiencing it. These kids are shell-shocked. Everyone is going through something that is horrific. There are people dying on their own. You know, when most war movies, like someone's holding their hand saying it'll be all right, yet no. This is just nasty. And you know what's amazing about this? To no one's credit, Christopher Nolan, who directed it, it's PG-13. Yeah, I mean, I think the word experience is the best to describe this movie. I I really like this one as well. It it is. It's just an experience. It drops you in the scenes uh, in a way that it doesn't feel safe like other war movies do. You, you, You are always on the edge of your seat and it is it is a i guess anxiety experience yeah. as oh, you're watching that's it. good anxiety the whole thing is an anxiety trip best thing about the movie it is a clean hour and 35 minutes without credits oh perfect like that's yeah. the length you need for a movie like this because that whole hour and a half you are on the edge of your seat start to finish my number three is a little more fun <laughs> uh, than that movie that made the rounds in the horror festival circuit and is now available on VOD. It's called Tragedy Girls. And I recommend every one of our listeners check this one out because if you like the kind of movies we talk about all the time, this one fits right in. It is so much fun. I don't think I've had that much fun with like a slasher movie since like Scream. It is a blast. And the two lead characters, both of which have appeared in X-Men movies, <laughs> after I just shat on the X-Men movies. <laughs> the one of the leads is the teenage warhead from Deadpool, and the other one is uh, Storm from X-Men Apocalypse. They are amazing in this movie. Like, it's just w- some of the best performances I've seen this year, and it is in, like, a horror comedy. And it's just about uh, girls using social media to exploit tragedies, and it's so funny. My number two is... One of the most fun movies I had watching of the year, Baby Driver. Yeah, this one was on my list, uh, 19, so I was really close to Disaster Artist with this one. I I really like Baby Driver. It's a lot of fun. Uh, We had a lot to talk about in the episode that we covered it in. It's just a fun movie that's edited really well. The characters are likable. Everything about it is kind of a thumbs up. I can't really find any negatives. I just loved it. That's it. Plus the marketing (laughs) on it, man, love it. 
Yeah, this is smart marketing that didn't give the movie away, which it was nice. If you want to hear more about it, go back a few minisodes ago. Yeah, check it out if you haven't heard it already. We, t- we get into detail about it, and uh, we both really like the movie. So my uh, number two we've talked about as well, Babysitter. I, yeah. God, I love this movie. If you ever wanted to watch a movie where you're like, hey, what's what's going on in Matt Stork's head? <laughs> you want to watch a movie that just like sums up everything I like in movies, The Babysitter is it. It's just energetic, crazy, fun, but a horror movie. Samara Weaving has a star-making performance in that movie. Uh, Bella Thorne's really fun to watch in that. And I just couldn't get enough of it it's very close to almost being my number one this year (laughs) we almost had a tie no i mean we almost had a tie this year i mean (laughs) oh no not a tie but uh, i couldn't do that also again love the poster to it yes great poster terrible trailer that gives the whole movie away yep don't watch the trailer look at the poster listen to our episode watch the movie (laughs) i was lucky i didn't watch the trailer before i watched the movie so it was shocking to me the one main part in the middle where it sets off the adventure so to speak i was like what the fuck yeah exactly (laughs) i had no idea all i knew was that mick g who i liked (laughs) was making a horror movie and it was dropping on netflix i literally waited until 2 a.m when it dropped and I watched it then. <laughs> I was so excited. And it paid Nerd! off. <laughs> if you don't know that by now, come on. My number one movie of the year is something we've already talked about. Logan. Finally got a Wolverine movie from start to finish that's awesome. Thank you. Thank you, Fox. And, uh, and all the Marvel X-Men, or not Marvel. Well, I guess now. <laughs> yeah, Marvel now owns it. But at least we got one out before the Disney takeover because I don't know if Disney would be so willing to do an R-rated. I think they will after the success of Deadpool and Logan. I mean, this is kind of, I think, the way some of these superheroes are going to go. You're number one, Matt. My number one, of course. I love nostalgia. So what's my number one this year? It. How could you not love the movie? I think we had the perfect storm of having things like Stranger Things take off and nostalgia being really in, and it just caught at the right time. I don't know if any of these other nostalgic movies that are going to come out after it are going to capture the same magic that it did. And I'm very excited to see what they do with the second chapter uh, because that was always the weakest part of the original. (laughs) I'm still a fan of the first half of the original, though. I think Tim Curry's performance is great. I love the kids in that, but this movie... Holy shit. It got the Stephen King-ness right. It got the nostalgia right. And it sort of captured, yeah, like I said, the thing that is working for things like Stranger Things. Yeah, it was number 12 on my list. Just missed it. I had a fantastic time watching this. And to add on top of that, Sarah picked it as our weekend movie to watch when that came out. And she liked it. And was startled a lot throughout it. So it was fun to see someone who doesn't watch horror movies all the time get scared because i just sit there like dead inside enjoying it (laughs) a very effective movie very very effective horror movie all right let's come back with our bad bad movies that's why i don't have sex it's not because of my face or my general attitude towards human beings the thing is that they don't refer to any of these things as murders which is the most amazing part it's always referred to as a disappearance There's fucking blood filling the back of a truck. That was certainly nice of me, wasn't it, huh? Same set as Castle. 
<laughs> what? Is that really? No, but I would believe it, actually. That wouldn't shock me. I can't imagine that there's a ton of castles that Charles Band has at his disposal. <laughs> that frog is going to bang Roddy Piper. Nope, she's just one horny toad. <laughs> Justin Lung just screamed that he's a fucking walrus for so long. He keeps yelling cuckoo-cachoo and shit. It's weird. <laughs> Join me and Matt as we discuss some of the worst of horror every week on the Horror Movie Night Podcast. Listen at hmnpodcast.com. This is my number three bad, bad movie of the year. Well, it's kind of tied. Snatched. Didn't see it. Oh, it's an awful comedy. It didn't look good. It's not funny. It's just, ugh. And we had Fifty Shades Darker. That's right, folks. I've watched both of these bastards. And the second one is worse. I can't believe it. They made it more awkward. And how can you have a movie about sex, like strapped down, dirty sex, and it's dull? It does remind me of like the Twilight phase because I did see the first two of those movies. And it was like, the first one was bad, but I was like, whatever. It's just a bad movie. Then the second one came out of Twilight, and I was like, how did they make it worse? This is like unwatchable. <laughs> so I'm assuming these are very similar. The second one here took me about four times. When we watched <laughs> The Last Jedi together, Ashley, you and me, we were sitting by the poster, and I, I told you about it, and Sarah caught me watching the second one. Like, I was watching it as if it was, like, porno. You know, like, <laughs> Dirty. But I would rather be caught watching porno than, that <laughs> than fucking this movie. fucking movie. Yeah. Uh, number two I have it is Song to Song. It is an art film by the same man who did... That Dead looked Red awful. Long. It's that awful. That looked awful. <laughs> can't believe I spent $4 on this. It's about the music scene in Austin, Texas. And holy shit, Michael Fassbender's character... Oh, what? What? It's, <laughs> I, it's bad. And there's so many good actors in this, I don't understand what the hell is going on. And it's so pretentious. Like, what yeah, is that's the word? What I, no, that's what I can't stand about, and this is going to turn a lot of our listeners off, but I'm going to say it, so I can't fucking stand Terrence Malick movies. Because they're so pretentious, they make me want to rip my fucking eyes out. <laughs> well, yeah, this one fits that bill. <laughs> like, it's some of the angles, too, piss me off. They're doing it with the cinematography. Almost like, no, you don't understand what good angles are. No, I do. These are annoying. Yeah, no, there's a point at which you can make a good art movie and there's a point at which where they are just so obnoxious that even if they're doing something right the right way or whatever it just makes it turns me off completely and it makes me hate the movie yeah and some of the acting in it is the same way where they're like i don't think you understand they make you feel like you don't understand what right. a good film is and yeah like, no that's no, what these fucking things usually are <laughs> yes. and my number one bad bad movie of the year and fuck you guys for even making me go through this animation is the emoji movie fuck you Okay, now that I've pissed off all the Terrence Malick fans, I'm going to piss them off even more by saying, I like the Emoji movie. No! I liked it. I thought it was fine. I thought it was I thought it was going to be way worse. I thought it was cute. I thought it was funny. Oh, it's fine. Oh, man, it's like the marketing splash crap. Just hit you with so much advertising. Oh, yeah. Ugh. This this is, uh, I've heard this phrase thrown around a couple times about this movie. It's fadsploitation. And that's what it is. All right, yeah. It's fad exploitation. It is what is the popular fad of the time being exploited to sell toys and yeah. sell apps and everything like that. Well, and they're being so blatant about it. Right. 
But that's almost what I kind of liked about it, too. It was just like, we know that this is just like a thing that's popular on your phone. And we know we're just doing this to sell toys, but it was right in your face about it. And I was just like, okay, cool, fine. <laughs> I honestly think this one in 10, 15 years is going to be a lovely trash movie where we watch it and it's so dated where you're just right. like, holy shit, that was popular then? I forgot about it. Every joke in the movie dates it. And oh, it's, yeah. it's going to be... It's going to be dated in two years, but yeah, in 10, 15 years, it's going to be such a window to 2016, 2017 that, like, yeah. It, 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 that's what I love about fansploitation is that it is just a window to the time. All right, what's your worst? Ooh, my worst is the bottom of the bottom, I think, this year. Uh, and we're bringing Fassbender back. The Snowman is the worst movie I've definitely seen this year. And I've seen... I write for a horror site. I've seen a lot of independent horror stuff that people are shooting in their backyards. And the snowman <laughs> was worse. <laughs> and I'm not I'm not dogging on those movies. I love the I love some of those movies, but some of them, let's admit it, are kind of bad. The snowman is just it's unexcusable because it is an unfinished movie that they put in theaters and just tried to dupe us with. Because scenes just don't like they don't have an ending characters just just drop off and don't come back uh characters that are missing aren't addressed later so you don't know if they're dead or alive and and like just a a summation of how stupid the movie is your main character who is michael fassbender uh, his name is harry hole i don't know (laughs) whose choice that was and why they decided to do that his name is harry hole and they say it a ton of times no one ever addresses it like it's weird, but they have to full name him a ton. And I'm just like, why? <laughs> like, every single time this character is on screen, someone calls him Harry Hole. And I'm just like, <laughs> this is unbelievable. I kind of want to watch it now. Just looking at your face, it's kind of turning red a little bit. <laughs> yeah. I just like, I'm, and it's not because I'm mad. It's because I'm embarrassed. Like, the movie is just embarrassing. Like, Val Kilmer's in it, and it was right after he had his health problems. So they dub him because you can't, whatever, oh, you can't understand. No. And they dub him with somebody who doesn't sound at all like Val Kilmer. And they don't even try to match it. So it's almost like it's a dub for a foreign movie. This is an example that is unexcusable because they didn't finish crucial things and just said, fuck it, we're putting it in theaters. We got a release date to make. So this, in my mind, like your Emoji movie, is an obvious cash-in, too. They were just trying to make a release date. They didn't care. They were like, people are going to pay for tickets to this. It's Michael Fassbender. People will see it. People paid money to watch something that was 15% of it was unfinished. Not, Not cool. Not it's cool, amazing. guys. <laughs> All right, let's come back with our pretty much trash, our bad good. Yes. Garbage day. Garbage day. No. Garbage day. Gar- garbage day. Garbage day. It's our garbage. Yes. What do I? Ha- I'll go first because I have two. Okay. I'll let you go last. Okay. My number two is one that you introduced me to in a movie party and it's unforgettable yes the white moo moo yes Catherine Heigl and a giant white moo moo being a psychopath (laughs) (laughs) this was a fun movie I can't believe (laughs) that it was this much fun now it was in a group which is a fantastic way to watch a movie like this right it was a throwback to the 90s thrillers yeah absolutely this is like the best 90s thriller of 2017 (laughs) (laughs) don't recommend watching it by yourself but with a group in a few beers 
Oh my god, what a blast. Yeah. What a blast of a movie. And the next one is the exact same thing, and it's more for the horror fans. Just packed full of cliches, uh, some bad acting, some music where you're like, well, that's not exactly where I'd put that. And then a bad guy who looks like he's from a Rob Zombie film. <laughs> we have the Bye Bye Man. Don't say it. Don't think it. I, I also like this movie too, but in this in the same way where it is yes. definitely a trash movie. Wow. I was actually just expecting it to be bad bad. So I just went to see it because I'm a horror fan, so I went it was the only horror movie out at the time, so I went to go see it. But it's watchable. It's worth it's worth checking out once. So my favorite part of it, other than the bad, awful CG on the dog, which reminds me of Jumanji 1996 level. Yeah, you're yeah. Just like what? That passed. Like that guy. That was okay. The studio yeah. was like that works. <laughs> yeah, I can't believe it. So you gotta watch it one for that. But a number two is my favorite cliche moment, is where the kid goes to the library to look to go. Whoop! Sorry. <laughs> yeah, cliche moment is where the kid goes to the library, and the librarian basically just drops exposition. <laughs> And they're like, oh, yeah, I remember in this town, bad stuff happened, and uh, you can't do this, and yada, yada. And I, I watched this by myself in the middle of the night, and I was cracking up, worried that I was going to wake up Sarah, because there's so much in this that it's just like copy-paste. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it is. It's a copy-paste horror movie. And here is my trash movie of the year, my bad good movie of the year. It came out in the summer, which was a very stupid choice for, for marketing <laughs> for this movie because it didn't do great. Wish Upon. I had so much fun watching this movie, and I could not stop laughing the entire time. It is... It stars Joey King, who a uh, popular child actress. She's been in Dark Knight Rises. She's uh, been in a couple of Zach Braff movies. So she kind of got to top line her own horror movie, and it's about somebody who finds something that if you wish, your wish comes true, but it's awful. It's kind of like a Wishmaster type thing, but for teens. Oh, man. And they just play up the teenagerness. I have two quick stories about this that just exemplify everything and why I love this movie as a trash movie. There was one point in the movie where it is during the thick of it like our characters are in the worst situation and she knows that making wishes are making these awful things happen and she goes back to the thing that she uses to make the wishes and she's like oh, maybe i'm gonna do it again or whatever and there it was a literal teenager in the theater <laughs> sitting next to me who went really <laughs> even a teenager who this movie is for was like really <laughs> and i was like all right perfect this is exactly the kind of movie that it, and that's what it is it is 50 year old white men trying to make movies for teenagers <laughs> and it it's works so well and the other thing that is so funny about this movie ryan Philippi, who we know from i know what you did last he summer in the 90s plays her dad and it's like he's never fucking been around a child before in his life. He has no idea what to do. I think he calls his daughter like dude and bro the whole movie and that's like his thing. She thinks he's the lamest dad because he's a garbage picker. <laughs> that's like his job is he picks garbage. 
Not like a garbage man, just a picker and sells things. Oh, okay. And hoards like them. Like a scrapper. Yeah, like a yeah. scrapper, but like works for himself, I guess, as a scrapper, I think. And one of her wishes is she wishes her dad to be cool. And how the movie handles it, he busts out a saxophone. And there is a three-minute scene where he plays the saxophone in, like, a flowing silk shirt. And she, her, she's sitting there being like, oh, my God, my dad's so cool. And she's with her friends who are like, oh, my God, your dad's so hot. As he's, like, sexually playing, like, a really stupid jazz song on the saxophone. I, the, the scene is, like, three minutes long. I was crying, laughing the entire time. It's solid gold. You guys all have to check this movie out. With a group, with beer, it's so fucking funny. I couldn't believe it. Okay, that's going to end our top ten and our bottoms, and wow, that was a good finish. Yeah, I, th- I think uh, we talked about some good films here. <laughs> uh, we talked about some bad films here, but I think overall we can look back at 2017's movies as being a lot of fun, a lot of great stuff this year. And we can look forward to movies of 2018, even though there's not as many like eye candy or big, big mainstream movies as we had last year. Yeah, that was an incredible year. I love the films this year, and I hope I can catch up by, say, summer of 2018. <laughs> <laughs> right, right. I've got so much work still left to do. So we will be back next week with our Jesus picks. Yes, it's Jesus January now. Uh, our... Next week, we are looking at two tapes because they're shorter. We are watching Sing, Stretch, and Play, which is a Jesus exercise video, which is, you have to listen for this thing. That's amazing. And we watched a Veggie Tales tape. So come back next week and listen to what we have to say about these two very odd discoveries we found at the thrift store that are all about Jesus. <laughs> all right, everyone. Bye-bye. Stay warm.